I want to uh, get into the scriptures here. And there's, uh, there's two stories, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. And there's a, there's a symbolism and a, a sharing of these stories. And the first story is when Jesus, uh, he's preaching and teaching, and he is um, talking to people who are following him. The second one is the calling of Elisha. And it has to do with an illustration or mindset of putting your hand to the plow or plowing with oxen in the field. And so let's pick this up in um, Luke chapter 9 in verse 57. It's a scripture many of us have read. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. And he said, him, leave the dead on, uh, to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. So this is a, a segment here of what we call the journey to Jerusalem. Uh, Luke uh, 9 to Luke 18, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to die. And so what he's doing is that he's calling people to follow him. He's calling people to come, follow me, do what I do. It's a calling that requires self-denial and self-sacrifice. What about my relationships? What about if I want to go back? Jesus answers those questions. And then the Old Testament and the Kings, we see this man who's called to be a prophet after Elijah. And it says he, he, he is involved in 60 years of faithful ministry and performed over 28 miracles recorded in the Old Testament. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, you see in Jehu, this is God talking to Elisha, the son of Nisha, you shall, um, you shall anoint the king of Israel and Elisha, the son of Saphat, the, of abel Moholah. And you shall anoint him to be prophet in your place. So we meet Elisha for the first time. The son of Saphat. Elisha means, my God is salvation. And Abel Mehalah means meadow of the dance or dancing meadows. So the context of this verse is Elijah just confronted the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. He fled because he heard that Jezebel wanted to kill him. He goes to Mount Horeb, and there he's literally frustrated and complaining to God that there's no one else in all Israel preaching the word. They've abandoned God, and he was the last prophet. And so God told Elisha to go out of the cave. You had an earthquake, you had a storm, you had a great wind, a fire, and God wasn't in any of those. And then a gentle whisper, a precious assurance, Jehovah is still in Israel. In fact, there are over 7,000 people that have not bent their knee to Baal. 
And further yet, I'm going to give you, my weary servant, a yoke fellow, true in sympathy, uh, sympathy, ministry, likeness of spirit, that's going to attend you and make your burden easier to carry. So you can imagine the encouragement, the excitement, and, and, you know, there's not only hope for him as a prophet of God, but there's a hope for the nation, a hope for the world. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, in verse 19, it says, Elisha left there and found Elisha. Elijah left there and found Elisha, son of Saphat, as he was plowing. Twelve teams of oxen were in front of him, and he was with the twelfth team. Elisha walked by him and threw his mantle over him. You know, it's kind of hard to appreciate the prophet turning out of darkness, turning out of discouragement and depression, turning uh, around and, and going back to Israel. And on his way back, noticing how nature must have been changing into a revelation of stillness and peace, a new spring. The herders, the shepherds, those who are plowing the fields are out, and and there's this meadow before him as far as he can see. And there's probably a short video clip that probably can describe it the best way. There's more to that. No, there we go. going from discouragement and frustration you're going from death and all of a sudden you're walking up and there's these dancing meadows and it's so incredible so amazing and and this land before me is owned by this guy named Saphat and he was probably one of the 7,000 that never bent his knee and you can tell that by the way he named his son Elisha my God is salvation 
Hey, can you imagine just uh, the encouragement that he must have felt walking up and just seeing this beauty in front of him? Isn't it amazing? And we find out, there's just three simple points or thoughts here, is that Elisha understood the unmistakable call that Elijah gave him. The symbolic action of, of walking up behind Elisha as he's plowing and, and throwing his mantle, his cloak on him, and probably continue to walk. Come, follow me. Be like me. Do what I do. What an honor. What a privilege. You've picked me to follow you. You can imagine what was going on in Elisha's mind. I mean, he's like a kid, a kingdom kid. You know, I've heard all the stories of how God worked through our people. I've seen how messed up our world is. And you're calling me to follow you and to do God's will? This is amazing. You ever noticed how in the Bible God usually calls people who are busy? Moses, caring for the sheep, Gideon with the threshing floor, Peter and James, John, busy in the family fishing business, Nehemiah, the cupbearer of the king, and now Elisha, plowing the fields and called to an unmistakable mission. You know, in John chapter 12, Jesus continues to preach and teach. And in verse 23, he says, Jesus answered him, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls onto the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Unmistakable call, called to serve, called to follow, called to bear fruit. And you know the only way you can bear fruit is by dying. Dying. Dying to yourself. Dying to your will. You know, here in a few weeks, a month, we're going to have our special missions contribution. The need is literally about $600,000. You know, that's roughly about 10 times what we give on a normally weekly basis. And for those of us who uh, have their contribution, the box is right in the back. We don't pass the plates anymore because the body supports the church, not our friends and visitors. But that, that's a sacrifice. 10 times. To go to missions. You know, the last few weeks in the northwest and the southwest region, I preached lessons like, like Isaiah, here am I, send me. And then, then the week after that, I, I talked about getting out of the boat. And I just challenged people to get out of the boat. And then when I was up there, and a lot of times when I do this, when I'm preaching, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm so convicted. I got to get out of the boat. And even during the lesson, I was like, oh, there's something I need to do. And I ain't going to tell you because I, I don't want to do it. And everyone's like, wow, what is it? What is I don't want to do? I mean, and, you know, it's like, so I was like, I got to go do it. Get out of the boat. 
So I call Clint Jr., Mosley, say, bro, let's do it. Let's do what I don't want to do. So we dressed up. We went downtown, Clyde Warren Park downtown, and we just went out and just started sharing our faith. Inviting people to church. I don't know if anybody's here that, that's from there, but amen, come on up afterward. Don't clap for me because I'm going to call you to get out of the boat. <laughs> it's like, oh, Todd, yay. I'm like, <laughs> who's he talking to? Amen, yeah. I'm done talking to myself. But it's like, you know, I go downtown. I don't want to go downtown. I like people. I like hanging out with people. But I don't like to go up to strangers and just go meet people. So I was like, I got to go with somebody. So I took Clint with me. I make, I'm his boss. You're going to come with me, man. <laughs> You're going to do what I don't want to do. And, then, you know, after about two or three people, man, we're like, we're natural. Like, we're go, we go up to the security people. Like, guess what we're doing? And at first, oh, we don't like that, but, you know, this is okay. It's because it's Bible and God. It's all right. We'll let you do that. You know what? I got to get out of the boat. There's a call. We have a call. I'm called, I'm called to go. You're called to go. We're called to go and do our part. You know, with the unmistakable call, there's that unmistakable challenge. You know, you know, just like Jesus, you have Elijah calling Elisha. And, and this, this calling requires self-denial, self-sacrifice. Give up your family. Give up your home. And, you know, the wealth that you would have received at the inheritance. And Elisha came from a pretty wealthy family, 12 teams of oxen, land, equipment, servants. That's a lot. An act of faith and surrender. It's the same questions as, as Luke chapter 9. What will I put my security in? What about my relationships? What if I want to go back? You know, and here's the challenge. You know, Abel Methala, Dancing Meadows. You know, the challenge for us is that we, we live in the Dancing Meadows subdivisions. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but most of us probably live in homes here. And outside of your home, when you pull in, there's probably some little plaque that says something like, The Estates of Hickory Creek. <laughs> the Manor of Hickory Creek. And your little subdivision probably has some little title. And maybe it's like Dancing Meadows Subdivision. You know, it's, I love that, that clip on, on Dorothy and Wizard of Oz because that's when Technicolor came out. That was like Technicolor's introduction to the world. And, and you, when I watch it, I'm like, man, that's so goofy now. But, you know, like what was it, like 60 years ago or 50 years ago, whatever it was, that was cutting edge. That was technology and computers and graphics and, and putting, like, things in there. That's like Star Wars back in the 70s or back in the 50s or 40s whenever it came out. Or 30s, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, you know. You know. You know, it's so funny. We live in Dancing Meadows subdivision. You know, I, I love music. And, and some of the music I like, um, like, for instance, Rhythm and Blues, Albert King. Albert King's got this song. He's got this song. Just listen. Can you hear this all right? 
Listen, listen to the words for a second. Everyone wants to laugh. No one wants to cry. Just, 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 just absorb it. Amen. This is good stuff. Everybody wants to laugh. Mm. But no one wants to cry. Mm. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. Mm. Mm. Wow. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. You know, we want to spend eternity with God. We just don't want to spend time with God. We stand and stare at a distance, satisfied with superficiality. We Facebook more than we seek his face. We text more than we study the text. And our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus. They're fixed on our iPhones and iPads, emphasis on the eye. Then we wonder why God feels so distant. We wonder why we're bored with our faith. We want joy without sacrifice. We want character without suffering. We want success without failure. We want gain without pain. We want testimony without a test. You know why? Because we live in Dancing Meadows subdivision. <laughs> Technicolor. And what did Elisha do? What did Elisha do with this unmistakable challenge? In verse 20. It says, Elisha left the oxen, ran to follow Elijah, and said, please let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. Go back, he replied, Elijah, for what have I done to you? So he turned back from following him and took the team of oxen and slaughtered them with the oxen, wooden yoke, and plow. He cooked the meat, gave it to all the people, and they ate. And then he left and followed Elijah and served him. What? He left, he ran, he kissed, he partied, he followed, and he served for 60 years. Why? Why was he able to do this? 28 miracles, 60 years. Now, it's because the unmistakable cause. The unmistakable cause. You know, he had one simple request. He goes, hey, do you mind if I just go back and say goodbye to my mother and father? And Elisha's like, the, the idiom is basically, what he's saying, he goes, do as you please. What have I done to stop you? It's not rude. It's kind of like a saying. Well, fine, go do it. And so he prepared a feast. And this wasn't a religious feast or a, or a priestly act because you would have had to have a, a temple. But he did it to celebrate. 
with his family and his friends. I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, he, he took the, the, the yoke and the wood and the plow and he cut it up and he, and he took this cow and he, and, or oxen and he, and he got it ready and dressed it, field dressed it. And it takes hours to do all this stuff. And he gets a big bonfire and they cook and they party. You could say, what about his parents? His parents were probably first in line. Because remember, they're probably one of the 7,000 that never bent their knee to Baal. This is what I've been telling you all these years. Go, this is awesome, you can do it. He rose and then followed his master and ministered to him. And he became Elisha's attendant. You know, the funny thing about it is, he was willing to go from the top of the totem pole to the bottom. He went from being the son of a wealthy landowner, working, to following this wandering prophet. You know, it's like, again, it gets back to this, I love you. This is the things that he was saying. He goes, I love you, mom and dad. You've taught me and trained me all these years. Oh, this is awesome. This is incredible. Look what God's doing. This is blow away. Teach me, train me, Elijah. I want to make a difference in the world. This is all the things that were going through Elisha's mind. You know, Elisha could have lived his entire life in dancing meadows. And guess what? So can you. Play it safe instead of stepping out on faith. Protect your reputation instead of risking it. Save your money instead of giving it. You know, you can keep plowing your fields instead of following the call of God, but you very well might forfeit 28 miracles. You know, Paul understood this. Paul understood this challenge, this call. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17, and there's a lot of scriptures I can look at. But in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed, and behold, the new has come. <laughs> Speechless. A new creation. I'm loved. This is awesome. Look what God's doing through. Or in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, do not lose heart. But if we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. And, you know, we could spend some time and talk about disgraceful, underhanded ways, but that's another sermon. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But, to, but by open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Jesus, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, 
has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have the treasures and jars of clay to show that our surpassing power belongs to God and not us. The glory of God. Not only new creations, but but this unmistakable call and the challenge, it's all about God's glory. I got a little clip here of music and first part's for the sisters, the second part's for the brothers. Let's go ahead and hit it. play this when I play disc golf or golf. For those of us who don't know, that's Bach. Both of them, John Sebastian Bach, his body of work, almost 300 katadas. The first one, all the women know. But you know, it's called Jesu, joy of man's desiring. The second one, katada and fugue in D minor. You know, these, this music and these words, they, don't, they didn't originate as music. They originated as prayers. Before starting a sheet of music, Bach would scrawl JJ at the top. Jesu Juva. And at the end of every composition, he would inscribe three letters. SDG. Sola Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. Every page, 
every work, everything he did, Jesus, help me, to God's glory alone. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, if some of our artists in the world today would do it? Maybe like um, Kanye. For those of us who love country music, maybe Travis Tritt. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't follow country that much. Yeah, I heard a couple names. You get it. The unmistakable cause to glorify God. You know, no one can glorify God like you or for you? Do you know that your life is in an original score created in the image of God? Every face, every person is beautiful in God's eyes. Original, incredible, gifted, beautiful. And you have the power, you have this unmistakable cause that God has called you to be a part of. It's not about what you do. It's about why you do what you do. It's about who you do it for. And everything Bach did, Jesus, help me. To the glory of God can you imagine going to work with that in attitude? No, I know. We drive down 35 and like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. You know, help me, Jesus. I get that. But, you know, no, my marriage, my roommate situation, my children, my, when I go into work, maybe, maybe when I'm walking out the street and I see a lost world, Jesus, help me. To God be the glory alone. I got this call. I got this itch. I got to scratch it. As a church, again, we're doing special missions contributions. Have you sat down and considered what you're going to give? No, seriously. Have you thought about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you been like, no, this is what we're going to give. And, and some of us, you know what? God bless you. You know what, I know the church is asking, you know, for about 10 times, and I, I can't do this. I got all this stuff going on. But on the other hand, a lot of us, eh, we could probably do more. Dancing Meadows subdivision. Probably doesn't have to be fed that much. I can, I can miss a, a coffee, or I can miss the eating out, or I can start sacrificing, you know, a year out to make sure that, we're going to be able to support our brothers and sisters in Mexico and Russia and, and Texas and everything else we do. How about a lost world? When was the last time you just suited up, putting on my armor? I'm going downtown. I got my sidekick. We're, we're, we're tag teaming. And we're going out. We're, I mean, honestly, I was going out there and I was going to people like, you know, I was like, so what percentage minorities do you have in your church? Well, no, seriously. I mean, I mean, Jesus offended people. 
I mean, not like offended you, like, you know, you're fat or ugly or stupid. <laughs> and I will say, Patty thinks I walk on water, FYI. So, yeah. I heard that little statement, yeah. But, but when was the last time you suited up? I'm going. I'm going out. Seriously. We still do that? I mean, you know, and we, still, we still do that? How about your ministry? What, I don't know, your ministry. I appreciate everyone up here, and that's a ministry. I appreciate that. Alan leading the different groups. I appreciate AV setting up. That's ministry. I appreciate going after it, and that's, that's needed. How about your ministry? What are you involved with? If we were going to go, I want you to write on a piece of paper, what thing are you doing in the ministry, serving? Write it out. What would you write? <laughs> we, we doing that again? <laughs> Everybody's got to do something. So, Luke chapter 9 and, Luke, and first, first Kings. Why? Why? Why bring those together? Well, see, a disciple of Jesus, like, a, like Elisha, was continually... Learn to live in this world, but can no longer be a part of it. There's only one direction for a disciple of Jesus, and that is forward. Striving forward. So the difference between those following Jesus, Lord, Lord, I'll go wherever you go. Lord, Lord, let me first go say goodbye to my father. Really? See, they're really, they're just looking backwards. They're not looking forward. They weren't that serious. In fact, you don't hear about them anymore, which means the writer of Luke was like, well, these are the things that came up. They were concerned about all these issues, but they weren't really focused on following Jesus to the end. They were following Jesus, but not like Elisha. See, he looked forward, not backwards. He looked forward, not backward after his call. He no longer was longing after which what, what he gave up. He follows on and serves with an undivided heart to complete this joyful concentration, concentration this joyful blessing, this joyful call. That's what a disciple does. I've been what? Jesus did what? I get to go what? I get to go where? This is awesome. And it is a challenge. It is a challenge. But see, Elisha, man, we're going to have a party. We're going to have fun. And it got hard on Elisha. You read the story of Elisha, and it was tough. But he knew the call. He knew the unmistakable cause that he was a part of. And I pray for us here this morning as disciples. We're going to watch a video here in a second and have some announcements and another song and we'll be dismissed. But as disciples, are we striving forward? We're living in Dancing Meadows subdivision. I get that. But we can still go. 
we can still make a difference. And we don't have to move to Cambodia, but maybe some will. But you can go in your neighborhood. You go to your work. You can sacrifice for Russia and, and Mexico. You can engage your brothers and your sisters in discipleship. Striving forward. And that's what this church should always be focused on. Striving forward. Let's go to God in prayer.